0: It's an uplifting story of a really incredible achievement. One man with absolutely no prior long-distance running experience decided to embark on a mission – to run 35 marathons in 35 consecutive days all to raise funds for three charities. His book Marathon Man, My Life, My Father's Stroke and Running 35 Marathons in 35 Days chronicles Alan Corcoran's adventure running these marathons uh, and has been praised by many including Formula One legend Eddie Jordan as an ultimate uplifting story a truly inspiring tale. The book is launching soon and author Alan Corcoran joins me on the line Alan how are you doing?
1: I'm great thank you very much how are you?
0: I'm good I should say good morning to you because it's morning where you are in Canada that's where you're living at the moment isn't that right?
1: Yeah that's correct just moved over here last month for the year yeah
0: okay so another adventure for you moving to Canada from Waterford is it just kind of to to travel to experience the country or did work bring you over there what what brought you to Canada?
1: I'm doing a postgraduate course, uh, taking a break from my town planning career, so getting out into the wild Rocky Mountains for a bit.
0: Lovely. Okay, I can sense another adventure is going to come out of this. I really do. But (laughs) talking about the the adventure that kickstarted this, 35 marathons, 35 consecutive days, literally a crash course in endurance, long distance running. What on earth kickstarted this crazy adventure?
1: Um, it probably started when I was a teenager watching the London Marathon um, on, on TV wrapped up in a warm, cosy sleeping bag. Um, but I was a track sprinter at the time, so I was used to stopping abruptly after 400 metres were done and no further, thank you very much. <laughs> but um, I, I suppose that kept that was in the back of my mind then and later on in life I ended up seeing a TV show um, with Eddie Izzard for Comic uh, Relief, which people might be aware of every year on the, on the BBC. Yes. Um, and he was running 43 marathons in 51 days. So I suppose the seed was planted by the London Marathon and that gave it, that genetically modified that idea and uh, started raising the barrier a bit higher. But um, I I didn't commit to it until my dad had a stroke Um, when I was 20. I was a student over in Scotland Um, when I heard the news. My dad was only 60 at the time, so that I suppose gave me the kick up the backside to to go after this notion this dream of mine to run around ireland to run a, a lap of ireland
0: yeah something like that absolutely would jolt you into some sort of action but this is inspired it really is why the number 35 and 35 days was it just a number you plucked from your head or was it some sort of significance
1: well the dream was to run a lap of ireland um there was i suppose i've been fortunate enough with my parents um, my dad hadn't left Waterford really until the age of 18. So he made sure he took me around on holidays to all these great places, especially with the football team. Um, he used to be the president of the Football Association of Ireland, but there was large parts of Ireland, which I hadn't seen yet. So it was sort of a, an adventure kind of traveling dream to go around Ireland on foot. And then just the 35 marathons, it just happened to be that. I had drawn a line around the, the Irish coastline on Google Maps. And then just divided it up by the forty two point two kilometers, which is the marathon distance, and it turned out to be thirty-five. So just pure pure romantic naivety. And I just said, Oh, all right, let's go with that. So
0: Yeah, and and, and romantic naivety it may have been because you threw yourself kind of, I suppose, feet first into this. You had no real experience in 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 endurance and in, in racing like this. So I believe was it something like an eight month crash course in this before you started?
1: Yeah, couch potato to uh, yeah ultra-endurance runner <laughs> without uh, much time to get my bearings. Yeah, I had uh, the help of uh, Mullingar man Jerry Duffy, who had a few years prior had run 32 marathons in 32 counties in 32 days with his friend uh, friend Ken Whitelaw. So um, I, f- I found him online when I was doing my research, my homework. So thankfully, once I got in touch with him, he was keen to help out with my training plan. But... It was, yeah, it was pretty mental going up to 116 miles in a week in training.
0: Yeah, that is craziness. And, you know, as, as you said, like time was of the essence with this. You wanted to do it straight away. You wanted your dad to be part of the experience and yeah, you wanted yeah. to, to do it while he was still around. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, um, I think you touched on it there that it was such a, a fright um, and like, hearing your dad had a stroke at the time I didn't even know what a stroke was I didn't know anybody who had had it um, and when my mother rang me up and told me about this in Scotland I went straight on to Google as everyone tends to do and I found out obviously how serious and life threatening it is and the chances of having a stroke within the next year are extremely high so he was lucky to to have survived the stroke mm. but in my mind I was just terrified that he would have another stroke and not be so lucky the next time around so that's why there was this urgency on my part to get it done even though I mightn't have necessarily had the experience that most people would expect you to have before signing yourself <laughs> up for this.
0: Absolutely and, and how did your dad react to the plan in the first
1: place? <laughs> well, I, I took him out i took him out for breakfast um, I left my mom <laughs> soften at <home>. the blow <laughs> yeah soften the blow <laughs> exactly i left my mum at home as well because she's the the warrior in the family so <laughs> i thought uh, my dad might be a bit of a softer touch to let him know what my uh, dreams and ambitions were at first so Uh, I left it to the last minute till the teaser out and he nearly spat it in my face when I told him but uh, (laughs) once he caught his breath back and uh, stopped sort of laughing with surprise he uh, he was fully on board and just wanted to know what he could do to help by that stage he had learned or been trained uh, by the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dun how to uh, drive again which was a huge thing for him so he was at that stage he was slowly getting his independence back and was just keen to help out where he could which which one of, the main, one of the main things was actually driving around the route so I could familiarise myself with it and I wouldn't get lost. So that was a great uh, boys' trip around the Irish coast for three or four days.
0: And something that I'm sure you will always cherish because sadly your, your dad, five years after this, uh, lost a battle, but a very different battle.
1: Yeah, he was in the wars um, from having the stroke when he was 60. He uh, was diagnosed with bowel cancer when he was 65 um but look it, it was you know he was on borrowed time mm. with the stroke so once he had the stroke I suppose my perspective on on life and mortality changed quite significant significantly um so I was just cherishing every moment really we had as a family um, I was more aware of the the finite nature of of our time here so he, he got his independence back after the year and was able to live and do what he wanted to do which was fantastic he was able to go to go on holidays to Portugal and go to all these hurling matches and football matches and uh, one of his goals immediately after the stroke was to get over to uh, the Champions League final in the UK <laughs> without, without the sign off from the NRH so he was a bit like me stubborn and pushing things a bit too far too early but um do you know he had, a, he had a great time for those five years so just lucky that we had that time with him
0: and absolutely, the apple doesn't fall far from the from the tree in terms of determination. Uh, because you know we we're talking about there, you know the fact that you literally hit the ground running with with not much training, and you did pay the price initially of running a marathon with very little training at the very beginning of this journey, isn't that right?
1: I would recommend training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I signed I signed up to the Dublin Marathon um, with four weeks of prep to see what my baseline fitness was so by that stage I had committed to the Irish Heart Foundation that I'm going to run 35 marathons in 35 days around the Irish coast but I hadn't actually had run a half marathon or a full marathon obviously (laughs) so um, I thought it'd be a good idea to know what my fitness was like and uh, yeah the the wheels (laughs) unceremoniously fell off the bus and I was bedridden for two or three days thinking what have I signed up for (laughs) But it
0: didn't turn you off. And, you know, you were the first person, I, I think I'm right in this, you were the first person to ever run a lap of Ireland, which is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, probably for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a sore and eventful uh, challenge at times, but uh, very rewarding and also a lot of crack along the way as well. So it's not all blisters and uh, sore backs and stuff in this story. There's uh, It's lightened there's humor in it as well which lots is coming through yeah coming through under review which is good to see
0: yeah there is lots of humor it's like a typical irish humor thing smile through the the pain kind of thing um, it, yeah. <laughs> but like one of the things that i would imagine kicked in for you is okay you got yourself up to speed training-wise. You are in the midst. You're halfway through these marathons. Things are going well. But I imagine there's a lot of mind over body going on. Like, if you convince yourself you can do it, your body will play ball. Is that kind of what was going
1: on with you? It just meant so much to me at the time. Um, I was just had my blinkers on and I was doing it um, no matter what. So, I, in my head, I, I was literally to the extreme point of thinking... I would need to be taken to hospital or being told like you, you can have been restrained nearly to say that you can't continue um. I, I was just that wholehearted in this adventure um. it just meant too much if the charities uh, were signed up and the money was coming in and dad was there so i didn't want to let the charities down my dad down myself down um it's just commitment really mm. for my part
0: yeah, absolutely. And like, did you have any little mantras going through your head on the, on the, say, the last laps or, you know, the last leg of a marathon, the last marathon itself? Was there a mantra that kept you going?
1: Well, I suppose anyone, anyone known marathon running. Uh, sometimes it's all sunshine and rainbows, like when you're starting off and you think, <laughs> oh, this is grand, this place is easy. But you, there always comes a point where it's going to test you. So, um when you're thinking about a lap of Ireland, it can get quite overwhelming. So it, mm. it was even breaking it down into the thirty-five marathons. But then, even further, some days when things weren't going my way, it was just trying to get to that lamppost that I could see a hundred meters up the yes. road, and then you might have to take a walking break for 20-30 seconds, and then go for the next landmark that you can see. So just small steps, breaking it up into bite-sized pieces, was the the way. Not they say how to eat an elephant, it's just a bite <laughs> at a time. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And it's something that we can, you know, incorporate into our own lives for any goal that we're going for, you know, it really, it really is. But you raised a substantial amount of money for the Irish Heart Foundation, the NRAH, as he's mentioned, and the Football Village of Hope. I'm not familiar with, with, with the last charity. Tell us a little bit about them.
1: Yeah, that was um, a charity that my dad helped establish with Ophir Zardoch, um who was involved with Drogheda. Um, football club there um, yes. it was between the Israeli and Palestinian kids so they got a load of Irish coaches and went over to Israel and um, it was just a peace building initiative supported by the Irish government as well with some funding and uh, yeah my dad just used to his face used to light up telling me about it he loved it mm. over there um, he, he was saying that all these prejudice squabbles between them at the start the Israeli and Palestinian kids but then after a, a few games of some dodgy tackles going in he said they were all the best of friends so that was something that meant a lot to him and it meant a lot to me to be able to raise money uh, for that cause as well.
0: What a great cause absolutely and you know although you experienced a lot of hardship a lot of sorrow with your dad sadly passing a lot of setbacks you know the book is profoundly positive and uplifting. Is that just your nature Alan?
1: I think so yeah it's just trying to make the make the best of of the hand you're given really and that's I think that's what it's all about for for anyone uh, there's a lot of uh, hiccups on the road here in the book but it's just trying to make a get a bit of humor out of it and yeah making the most of making the most of the situation and creating positivity out of a negative situation is I think it's my mo
0: that is great and I think people who are into running or not this book is for them it's it's th- it's that kind of inspiring story about going after your goals no matter what I have to mention you are launching the book soon, isn't that right or is it launched at this stage?
1: The, the book is launched at this stage. Um, I'm an independent author, so it's mostly sold through my website and Amazon, and it's also on Audible, um, so that's Mariton Man if you look it up there. But it's also getting into um, libraries and bookstores, thank God, so they're starting to take notice now, knocking on their doors saying, here, take this book. So I think it's up in Waterstones in Newry, and I'm working on the drada store at the moment. But, uh, yeah, stores are starting to take notice now and stocking it, so hopefully you'll see it on the shelves shortly, if not already.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a great, as I said, you know, it's a great kind of book if you're looking for something for Christmas for somebody that maybe needs kind of a humorous story about kind of overcoming a lot, basically. Yeah. Um. I, before I let you go, I have to ask you this, because uh, this is like another sort of of your adventures, let's say. Uh, you did switch things up a little bit from running to swimming, but um, I'm not sure if that worked out or if you plan on doing a swimming challenge.
1: Um. So yeah, it was triggered by again as I, I sort of went back to work after this as a as a town planner after the Marathons and um, and had no notions really of doing anything extreme as far were. Um, <laughs> but then once once my dad then passed away uh, with cancer, sort of found myself in another rut obviously and mm. did what I know best and turned turned to sports um, in that time of need and signed myself up to swim the length of Ireland. Um, I thought that the eight month time frame worked to train for running a lap of Ireland, but it wasn't so easy with the uh, the length of Ireland swim. And after halfway, I had to cancel the first attempt. But being been stubborn and dedicated, <laughs> I went back again two years later with a better uh, better plan. I managed to, to swim the five hundred kilometers from the Giant's Causeway to Amazing. Waterford and raising another few bob for charity as well um and the documentary for that uh, it's called unsinkable and it's coming out this december as well so all systems go here between the book and the and the documentary film oh
0: i really look forward to to seeing that when it comes out will it kind of um will it again should we keep up to date with your website on the documentary or where we get information on that
1: yeah, maritonman.co. So that's maritonman.co uh, for the Mariton Man book. And keep an eye out for the swim documentary that we're, we're still working on. We're in the final stages of now. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Alan, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you and hearing your story. I think what you've done is truly inspiring. And I think people are going to get an awful lot from your book. Thank you so
1: much for joining me on the show. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Even on a budget,